This is Women Who Travel, a podcast from Condé Nast Traveller. I'm Lale Arakoglu, and with me, as always, is my co-host Meredith Carey. Hello. This week, we're chatting to the poet, activist and author Cleo Wade, whose words can be found everywhere from our Instagram feeds to big city billboards. Her most recent book, What the Road Said, came out earlier this year, and she's currently the poet in residence for Fairmont Hotels and Resorts. Thanks for joining us, Cleo. Thanks for having me, y'all. So it feels like life has quite suddenly come roaring back full force. How have you been adjusting to being busy again? I am not adjusting. I think that everything right now is about finding what's comfortable for you and how. Um, And I was actually just saying earlier that I think that when I went to New York for the Fairmont event unveiling this poem in their beautiful installation, it was like one of the second times I've gotten on a flight in like two years. And that's someone who used to travel 90% of the year touring. So, and, and two kids later. So I think that for me, I'm, you know, just trying to stay as conscious as possible as far as, you know, what the world means for going back full force and how to keep people safe and how to be responsible and how to make sure that we can build intentional loving community as we find a a new normal during these times. So I'm just, I'm really, I'm not adjusting. I'm just taking it one day at a time and really also trying to be as imaginative as possible during this time because things are open, but I mean, not really. I mean, I'm not putting my kids on an airplane yet or anything like that. So I don't know. Clearly, you're a very well-seasoned traveler. Do you think you want to go back to that pace of traveling? Or do you think that you feel like you're faced with an opportunity to sort of slow down a little bit and kind of assess how you want to travel? I think if there's anything we've learned during these past two years of of finding these, you know, whether it's a grand escape or a mini escape, it's exploring your kind of immediate environments. Uh, How do you turn your backyard or your friend's backyard or, or a park nearby into a vacation day? Because I didn't feel comfortable being on airplanes the past year because I've had, I had newborns, I had a newborn right when COVID happened. And I just, and I have a seven week old right now. Uh, and so, you know, I've seen more of California than I ever thought I would be able to. And when I went to the Grand Del Mar with Fairmont, even, and went to San Diego doing a day trip there, you know, because I, at that point I was a million months pregnant. Um, and so going further than that wasn't really an option because I really could have gone into labor at any point in time when we went to film. And so I saw San Diego for the first time in my life and it was beautiful and uh, awe-inspiring. And so I think that, you know, for me, I think I look forward to, of course, exploring and being around different places. And the way that I feel that I've learned anything in the world is from traveling and being in the world and being in other cultures and places and trying foods. And, you know, I'm from New Orleans, a place that is just so rich in personality and culture and food and joy and dancing. And so I naturally look for those things as I travel. And as we all know, we usually find the things we're looking for. And so I've been able to find that all over the world, whether it's been in Kenya or Argentina or Cartagena or 
Paris or I don't know, all the places that I've been lucky enough to travel as an adult. And so, you know, I look forward to being in and of the world again and bringing my kids into that, especially, Um, you know, all gently, I guess. I think if there's anything that I would hope could be a focus for people right now is just to be gentle on ourselves as we move past the trauma of the past two years that we collectively experienced together in different degrees and just do what feels good and what feels right to you and your family. I'd love to know, kind of going back to what you were just talking about, what role travel has played in inspiring the poetry that you write? So much. I mean, you know, I didn't grow up with money and you know, we would do small road trips kind of around Florida. And, and I think the furthest place I ever went as a kid was I, my dad took us to Jamaica and it's still one of my favorite places on earth, but you know, we didn't have like summer holidays or like we didn't do something every Thanksgiving or something like that. And so much of my dreams as a child were tied into traveling and the idea of going to these places that I never thought I'd get to, or my parents still haven't gotten to, you know, I don't think my dad has ever been to Europe. And so that's a really big deal generationally to be able to have experiences that um, your parents didn't or couldn't. Or And so for me, it's such a privilege that I never take for granted because I didn't grow up with it. And I dreamed of it. You know, I dreamed of being able to sit and have a coffee somewhere, whether even if that was New York, you know, and have a coffee and be in Washington Square Park under the arches or, you know, you'd watch movies about people being in Paris and, you know, you'd watch movies about people traveling throughout Africa or knowing that like some of your favorite writers spent time uh, in Liberia or wherever, you know, it's those experiences you just dream of and hope for for yourself. And so I think one of the first things I ever did when I started even making the slightest bit of money as a young 20 something was travel. I mean, I don't think I had a savings account forever because I just spent all of my money on trying to see the world because I just was like, this might be my only chance. And because of that, you know, I used to, I remember in my very early 20s, I used to take my little pink typewriter on trips with me, which is now really funny because I was like, I think that now and thinking about bringing my kids places and there's just so much stuff you have to bring. And I'm like, weirdly, this doesn't feel that inconvenient because I used to bring a massive, (laughs) heavy, like five pound freaking typewriter with me everywhere. And I mean, I brought that thing to freaking Morocco once. Um, and if you can imagine like being broke and getting to Morocco means that you got on like probably like five connecting flights to get there. But, you know, so much of, you know, I can't think of this. There's a specific poem that ended up in Heart Talk there. But I mean, I remember one of my first solo trips was to Mexico alone. And I think it was maybe to Tulum 10 years ago. And I just remember taking my typewriter and being in this kind of wooden, shacky, cool, how eco, before eco was the thing, you know, house and writing just... I brought a huge sack of paper and a typewriter and a duffel bag and I stayed there for four days and it was such a luxury and it was so amazing. And, you know, that body of work, I mean, 
I mean, I probably wrote a couple hundred poems there that were all pretty short, but I think so much of that must have ended up in, in heart talk or, or even actually as I'm thinking about it right now, um, there's one poem I wrote that is probably one of my like kind of most cited things I've ever written that says, baby, you're the strongest flower that ever grew. Remember that when the weather changes. And I remember sitting in Mexico alone and a friend of mine was texting me about a breakup. And I remember writing that on a sheet of paper and taking a photo of it and sending it to her. And, you know, maybe had I not been in that exact place and time in my life and been alone and sitting there probably like two margaritas in, if I'm being honest, who knows if um, I would have ever written that um, had it not been for all those circumstances. So certainly where you are in the world contributes to what you're creatively bringing to the world. How much do you think solo travel also plays a role in that? Solo everything like builds your strength. I just even remember when I first moved to New York and I was like 17 or 18 and and I didn't have a lot of friends. And, you know, it was also in that period of time where you're kind of like, who are my people? Are the people I know my people? Or did I just like, were they my friends because I knew them through someone when I was moving and they said that we should all get together. And I just remember the first time I ever felt like brave enough to sit at a bar by myself. And I think I went to the only bar that wouldn't card me. <laughs> and I would order red wine and French fries because they had a really cheap red wine that was like $5 a glass and like really cheap French fries. And I sat there and I think in those moments, I learned how to be alone without being lonely and spend time with and, and know the difference of being lonely and spending time with myself. And I think in those moments, I probably started writing again for the first time since I went to poetry summer camp as a little kid, because I was passing the time by writing on the napkins. And I think because of that, I became excited about traveling alone. And I knew that it was like a really cool thing to be able to do. And I think after learning how to kind of sit alone in a public space, you know, as a young girl, I learned how to travel alone as a young woman. And I think that provided some of the most important reflections of those moments of my life. Pivoting slightly, activism is such a huge part of your work. And, you know, even just to go on your website, there's an incredible list of resources for people to educate themselves. How do you think your activism and travel intersect? Any fight you're trying to fight that's a good fight is always for the people. And so traveling is all about people. People make these places amazing. Yes, there's the natural mother earth that, you know, is the ultimate kind of glory of our lives and, and makes everything so special. But as far as the cultural things we experience, the dancing, the singing, the joy of life is because of people and so when you travel and you learn about the people, it's important to learn about what they go through, what they live through, how you spend your money when you travel places. You know, do you buy something in like the airport shop at the small airport in Rwanda, or do you go down the road and find the women's co-op that like sells the same thing and it goes directly to the women? And I think one of the best things you can do is kind of put your money where your morals are, I guess. And so for me, I try to just find local makers everywhere I go and 
try to support and understand and know local communities everywhere I go because people are the magic of our of our lives and we need to see them and hear them and invest in them and you know we should never be in a place enjoying the products of a culture without getting to know the people of that culture your recent kids book what the road said came out earlier this year and it's all about encouraging readers and kids to lead with kindness and curiosity how do you feel like that applies to adult travelers as much as it does to kids. People like to think that we are, you know, who we just decide we are. Like we get to tell someone on a date who we are, you know, like, oh, I'm just very this and I'm very that and da da. And I'm like, but who you are is how you behave. It's how you treat your taxi driver. It's how you treat the people you interact with as you move in the world. And I feel like anytime we're unkind, we're you know, kind of unconsciously deciding that that person didn't deserve kindness in that moment or that we deserved to act the way we wanted to act so much that it overpowered or outweighed how someone else deserves to feel. And so much of why I write what I write and I make what I make and I try to live the way I live is because I believe that beloved community is possible. But the first place we start with building beloved community, a place where everyone, you know, is loved and heard and understood and our society is fair and equal and just and empathetic. And all of those things is by loving actions. You know, it's, I, I think I remember in my book, Where to Begin, there was this, um, I quoted my friend Jenna, who said something like, our big life is made up of our small moments kind of thing. You know, it, the big, she basically said to me, the big stuff is the small stuff. And, and I remember writing that our big life is made up of our small moments. And I think that travel is a series of small moments and that's what makes it so special and interesting and exciting. Um, and in those moments, there's a, so much opportunity to be kind and connect and get to know people. So you know, you mentioned earlier that you have just had your second baby. So congratulations, first of all. Thank you. But now with two kiddos in tow, what do you hope that they learn from travel? You know, I hope that they learn whatever there is to learn in the moment. It's so hard because you obviously, with your kids, you want them to be able to absorb and take all the good out of your own life or your own experiences. But it's so important to not try to control their experiences. And so for me, one of my favorite things is just to like watch my daughter be somewhere without trying to guide her in one direction or the other. And discovery, I think is so important and it really fuels imagination. And so for me, I, I just, what I feel so lucky is that my kids will be able to have a childhood I didn't have and uh, hopefully, and be able to see so much of the world at a young age and discover so many different types of stories and also have parents that are really encouraging of those stories and ideas and things, you know, as far as asking questions and learning and staying really open-minded to people from different backgrounds and things like that as we move through the world, which is really cool. Are there any places you're desperate to take them? Truly everywhere. I mean, the thing is, you're just so in love with your children. I mean, my, especially like my one and a half year old, because she is such a personality now and everything is so cool to her. 
that you just, you truly want to take her everywhere just to see what I would think. I just had my birthday and, and I went basically from being like postpartum to pregnant again to postpartum. So I've just been like, you know, really kind of in my own little room basically these past years. So for my birthday this year, my husband got a, um, like a little, like a small brass band, basically like a new Orleans style music to play in our backyard as a surprise. And I remember I was on the fence of like, gosh, do I let my daughter stay up late to see it? Cause she's never seen live music before because she's one and has lived in COVID times. And I let her stay up and it was amazing because you just saw her like see sound come out of a horn for the first time and she saw a drum and she saw all these things work together and it was just so beautiful and it was so cool. And all I could think about was like just how her mind is going to be blown when she sees an elephant in real life for the first time. You know, and I thought about all of the safaris I've been able to go on and this time I've spent in Africa and, you know, the time I've been able to spend in, in Europe or Italy or like, you know, my daughter loves noodles because all kids love pasta. And I, <laughs> you just think about them being able to have it like the yummiest pasta on the planet, you know, in Rome or, you know, and seeing these things in real life. I mean, I'm dying to take them everywhere. I also just feel like hearing a brass band after COVID would, as an adult, would feel very exciting. Oh my gosh. I was living my best life that night. Oh my gosh. You couldn't tell me anything. I was like, (laughs) I think I definitely had to like dump my breast milk that night (laughs) because I was just like, I am living. I'm drinking wine. I'm dancing. I'm like, I was like in the world, but in my backyard. The last question that I have for you is, you know, I think a lot of people turn to you um, for inspiration and encouragement on social media. And during the pandemic, what I spent a lot of time on Instagram doing was going through the pages of women who I follow who travel really well or really adventurously and going back through their feeds for inspiration while I sat in my home. Um, (laughs) Are there any women whether they're travel people or not, who you think we should all be following for that kind of inspiration? Oh, ultimate travel goals is Shiona Torini. She's been on the podcast so far. We love her so much. Yeah, huge Shiona fans. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I live for Shiona. I'm pretty sure I stalked her into becoming my friend. (laughs) I'm not even sure if she is like, oh, Cleo's my friend or Cleo's my fan because her travels are just so beyond. And she travels so well in the sense of she allows for her trips to be truly nourishing to her. And you feel that. So it doesn't feel just like someone who's like curating, you know, which I think is so cool and beautiful also. And like, we all get to benefit from that because then we like know where to go, you know? But you feel that like Shiona looks for a soulful connection in everything she does and everywhere she travels. And because of that, it's, she's just the most amazing person to watch travel. And so, yeah, I mean, hands down, Shiona Trini is like the number one. And then I'd say also my friend Mia Moretti is an amazing person to watch her travels um, because she's such a like freaky foodie. Like she's always eating something I wouldn't eat or think about or do. And um, 
she's like the only person I know who will just like put a big weird picture of a fish on her Instagram and somehow it feels like art. <laughs> um, and so it's like, she has this kind of, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just this, it's so idiosyncratic and it's so just interesting and sweet and cool. And, and you, you really feel like she's looking for like undiscovered things, even in like the most obvious places. So I feel like she is someone who can go to, Italy or like a place that every millions and zillions of people go on Instagram and do and show you around and there's guides on and whatever. And she's like finding the one sailor who's got a thing and a da, 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 and you're like, you know, and I, and then I've been lucky enough to travel with Mia, you know, a lot in our twenties and it's so real and true to her. She wants to find the unexpected and expected places. And she really wants to find the, magical elements and like everyday things. And that makes following her just like really fun and beautiful too. Oh, well, we will link to the episode we did with Shiona where we went fully in depth into her maximalist packing strategy. So uh, definitely check that out. She's an absolute gem. Um, if people want to find you on the internet, Cleo, to follow you, where can they find you and your work? You can find my work in your local bookstores and we hope you all shop local and shop indie and you can find my work online on instagram at cleo wade you can find me at oh hey there mayor and me at lale hannah be sure to follow women who travel on instagram and subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter uh thank you so much for joining us cleo and we'll talk to everyone else next week Bye.